Hey, what's up? This your homegirl, Complex Angel. I'm the Vibe. And it's your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how was your week, man? Oh, it was pretty good. Um, I had my first week uh, in my, my new position, and it went swell, I must say. I really, really awesome. enjoy it. Um, the kids' first week of school was last week. It went well. Um, my son has to get used to middle school because, you know, he got homework the first day. And I'm not just talking about one sheet. No, he had homework, baby. And uh, it, it started off kind of rocky because he was just like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So it started off kind of rocky, but I think it's getting better. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy that they're back to school. I'm nervous, but I, I'm happy, you know, because they need that interaction with the teacher. You know, online was doing something, but it wasn't doing nothing, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, um, you know, God revealed a lot to me uh, this past week and weekend. Um, some of it still stings. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm still fighting through some stuff, but I'm going to make it because he said I would. So I'm just going to keep on that. But all in all, it was good. He gave me another opportunity to be better than I was yesterday. So how about you? That part. Man, um, like you said, it, it is good that the kids are going back. We're going to keep them prayed up, and we're going to pray yeah. this COVID away because I'm really tired. I'm ready to go back to normal. Um, last week was good. You know, this past weekend I got put onto a new show called The Pea Valley on Stars. Stars took my money. You know, like they got me as a new subscriber. Uh, I just finished watching it right before the show. But uh, y'all got to pray for me because I just cussed out a bill collector today. Because it just seems like every time you think you're done paying <laughs> bills, here come another one. And this lady calling about some damn cable bill from three years ago. I was like, oh, y'all can kiss my ass on that one. I hung up the phone. Like, leave me alone. I, I, that's all I got to say. But it's been a good week. I had two sales this weekend with books, so I can't okay. complain. <laughs> all right that's dope that's dope go on girl hustle hustle y'all go buy the book first and second one okay yeah. um really good read y'all won't be disappointed okay y'all so we gonna jump on into the ao king and queen quote okay so one of them is actually sponsored by pinterest and the other was given to me by angel i'm not no uh, angel is my god my god baby i don't know what the source of the quote was but i'm gonna read it anyway so it goes Always trust everyone to be themselves, but trust in the fact you can see them well. Y'all, mm-hmm. just listen, okay? Everyone is showing you who they are to you to believe, you know, believe it or not, and to to really understand. Like, you have to understand who they are and be around them accordingly. Like, you can't be around a thief thinking that they won't steal from you because they will. You can't be around a liar thinking that they won't lie to you because they will. You have to know what they are, know what type of person they are, so that way you can decide, okay, this is how I'm going to act when I'm around you, you know? This is how I'm going to carry myself when I'm around you. So that quote, mm-hmm. that, thank you, Angel. I appreciate that because that, that, that kind of, yeah, hit close to home. And my other one is, like I said, sponsored by Pinterest. It is it's supposed to go along with our um, our sipping tea for the soul topic. It is change is hard at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end. That is so true. Uh, whenever I feel like I can actually make a change, it is always hard, y'all. It's messy in the middle, but the outcome, you will love your reward. So go ahead. Take that leap of faith. Don't let nothing stand in your way. Just try it. So at least you can say that you did it. You know, even if you do fail, that is just nothing but a lesson. So, yeah, mm. that is my A.O. King and Queen quote. Another, again, a special thanks to Angel for giving me the first quote. All right, y'all. We're going to jump into the Queen K Slay Tips for Hair. This one is by Pinterest. Y'all know I cannot stay off this site. If anybody know me, this is like my YouTube, this is like my Facebook, my Instagram. I love Pinterest because it's just got so much stuff. So this is a hair tip. Uh, If you suffer from a lot of breakage and things of that nature, this is for you. If you're tired of going and getting your hair chopped or you're tired of seeing I know our hair is going to shed automatically, but if you're tired of seeing the access of it, Y'all, it is almost that fall season, and we are hat people. You know, we got to cover those heads. But it says all your ends to stop them from breaking. This will cut down friction against your clothes and when wearing hats. 
okay? Make sure y'all all in those ends, too. I know a lot of us all are scalp, but, baby, put a little bit in your hands. Make sure you work them ends. I know you want your wraps bouncy. Try a lightweight oil, you know, like some coconut oil, something lightweight if you don't want that wrap, you know, to be stiff and stringy. Um, but other than that, make sure you oil those ends. It will stop that breakage from eating up your hair shaft to where you have to just get it cut. So that is my hair tip for I the week. Fuck that. I didn't fuck that. I put, I put carrot oil on my hair today, so now it's about to be stringy. That's a heavy-ass oil. Damn. I put a little dye, but you like it. Yes. <laughs> it has me wearing a scarf for the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, y'all. Uh, We're going to jump right into that sip and see for the soul topic. Complex hit me with a hard one, y'all. It is called, uh, no, well, I was about to say the fear of change, but it's not called that. It's called, oh, what is it called? Jesus, why well, I'm drawing a blank. Starting over. There we go. <laughs> Starting <laughs> over is our topic tonight. See, I was lost for words because, yeah, y'all. Um, starting over can be very tricky, but it's very rewarding, like the quote said. Um, you just have to know that in life you have to change and you have to accept it. It's not just starting over with a career. It's starting over in a relationship, starting over with a new project. Like it, it applies to everything and we don't realize it, but we're starting over every day, you know? So um, that's what led to this topic. So we're going to jump right into it. Y'all my aspect is the fear. Okay. The fear of change. And my first question is, what is it about starting over that causes fear? Um, I would say the biggest, the biggest fear of starting over is, uh, it's more of a frustration with me. But I would say the mm-hmm. fear of starting over is like, how long is it going to take me to get back to where I started at? Because I know, like when I moved here, I left a townhouse. I left a good job, um, and I came to a place where, like, I had no furniture, uh, you know, but didn't really have a job until, like, August mm-hmm. because um, I had to put in. But it's like I just kept wondering, when am I going to get back to, when when am I going to get back to, like, you know what I'm saying, how I used to be with work and have my own place. Yeah. And then when I got my place, like I said before, like, no no furniture, so, like, it was more of frustration for me. But it's, like, I feel like the fear comes, the fear comes for a person of, like, it prevents them from making that step of starting over because it's, like, they don't know how it's going to go. And if they can't see a way out, it's, like, no, I'm not going to make that step. So, like, that's my take on it. What Mm -hmm. about you? Okay. So, (laughs) y'all, me and change, like, okay, um, I can say, when I was younger and I didn't have people dependent on me, it 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 wasn't nothing for me to just step out on faith and start something new. Like, you know, I, I did a bunch, you know, for myself. But I think what causes me so much fear now with change is that I got three little people, you know, because it's like, okay, what if I fail? You know, what happens if this is not successful? It's not just me that I have to worry about. I have to worry about their well-being as well. So everything that I do, I have to think about for them. Like, I I can't just, like, I want to move out of state so bad, y'all. I really do. But I'm scared because of my kids because it's like, what if it's not a good move and I don't know anyone out there or, you know, I've run into some problems, you know, who will be there to help me? Because I'm not a very social person. I stick to the same people. Um, Me and Complex have been rocking since high school, y'all. So it's not easy for me to open up to people, and I know, like, if I move to another state, I'm not going to open up quickly because that's just who I am. And then it will just be me and the kids there, and who will I turn to when I need help, you know? Because when I move, I want to move, move. Like, I don't want to be just up the street or a few minutes down the road. No, I want to go, like, leave. But it's just that fear that I have to – I'm accountable for three other lives. Like, they can't just up and leave. They can't just, you know, make their own decisions right now. I'm making it for them. So a lot of my fear stems from me trying to do what's best for my kids. (sighs) Oh, y'all, I'm sorry. (laughs) This episode, I knew it was going to hit me when I started talking. But, okay, uh, my next question is, Do you think we fear change or starting over because we have become comfortable with what we have 
or is it the fact of not knowing what's next after we take that leap? I would say it's more of the fear of the unknown, like not knowing how things are going to go. Like, like okay, how you said that it was easier for you to make change before you had your kids, and then you know, as soon as you had them, it's like you had to, you know, think more logically for them because you have three little ones depending on you. For me, mm-hmm. I always ran when shit got hard. So it was always easy for me to run, and surprisingly, things worked out. Like the first time I ever made a huge change was going like 45 minutes away to go to college because I got tired of the life that I was living here. I got tired of watching other people's kids. I wanted to finally do for myself because I was deprived of my teenage life and I was going to be damned if I was going to be deprived of my adult life too. So I left and, you know, I had Mm -hmm. family members wishing me bad luck, you know, telling you I hope you fail because basically they felt like I was turning my back on them to leave. And it was the best thing for me because I learned, I learned a lot about myself out there in Philly. I mean, I'm sorry, out there in Ipsy, but it was 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. So every time I got homesick, I was always running back home. And like, you know, I would just always stay there. But once I moved to Philly, couldn't really do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't always do that trip. That's that's <laughs> an eight-hour and 30-minute drive if you take the turnpike and almost 10 hours yeah. if you avoid, the you know, the turnpike. So you can't always go on the weekend. So I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I had to, like, really learn to trust God in that moment. And God, like, really showed mm-hmm. up for me while being here because I didn't know anybody. The only person I knew was mm-hmm. the guy that let me come down here, but God brought people into my life, you know what I'm saying, to yeah. just basically look out for me. Like, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is about stepping out on faith and not by sight, but somebody mm-hmm. told me before that when you step out on faith, you can't worry about anything. And for me, it was just like me trying to run away from my problems in Michigan but it's like it ended up being the best thing for me because look four years later, look at where I'm at. But I was scared of the unknown because, like, I was scared to leave him for the longest time. And the first girl who ever helped me kept telling me, like, you got to trust the unknown. you got to trust the unknown. And I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looked like from day to day. And she was like, did you know what it was going to be like when you moved here? And, I mean, I made a joke about it. I was like, nope. And you see I'm getting black eyes and shit, right? But she was oh, right, Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that that's me, though. I, ha- I had to make a joke. I, yeah. I, I get it from my mom, laugh to keep from crying. I had to make a joke to keep going. But looking back on it, she was right. Like, you trusted the unknown to move out of state. You left, your, you left stability behind back at home. And even when shit was rocking for you, you still stayed here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still found a way. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people will say, like, I would have ran back home. But it's like. I stayed and trusted the unknown, and it worked for me. What about you? Uh, with me, I feel like it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason being, like, I don't want to keep putting it off on my kids, but, it okay, so I'm comfortable where I'm at right now. Even though God just recently made me take another leap, <laughs> it was a small leap, but it was big to me, you know, Um because never in a million years would I ever think that I would go from teaching, which was my, my first love. Like, that's what I, I knew I wanted to be ever since a little girl, to now leaving that and staying firm on that, but becoming a mm-hmm. curriculum leader that's helping other teachers to educate these kids, right? So, But I got comfortable in my one position because I'm like, okay, this is paying the bills. This is making sure my household is, you know, good, even though I might be – from check to check, but my kids are taken care of. They don't got nothing to worry about. So I got comfortable because it was like, okay, this is what's working. But it's also me with the unknown, That that's scary too because I like to know what's next. Like I'm the type of person, before I approach somebody, I already got three different scenarios in my head how this conversation can go. I got how it will flip bad, how it will flip good, and how we could compromise already in my head before I approach you or before I approach any situation. Like I've already thought it out because I'm that type of person because I feel like it's going to go either one of these ways. Like I don't like the unknown. If I feel like I don't know how it's going to go, I won't even approach you about it. I'll just leave it alone until I figure it out. So to take a 
step and just do something, you know, that I've always wanted to do to just change up, it's me not knowing that frightens me because it's my, like, my, my main thing is what if I fail? I cannot fail. Like, at this point, I mean, I know I have a great-ass support system. Don't get me wrong. I don't always go to my support system when I'm supposed to. So I feel like most of the time I'm doing a lot on my own, and me failing is not an option because I know I'll break. I'll break because I'm supposed to have it all together. I'm supposed to, you know, make sure everything is running smoothly. So I can't wait for the unknown. Like I have to know what's going on and what's going to happen with everything that I do. Um, But recently, like, this whole curriculum leader thing, it's a beautiful job. Don't get me wrong. But it's me not knowing where is this going to take me. But I feel like, like I said on a previous episode, I feel like God is showing me something. Like, this is going to connect me to a lot of people in in a way. Like, this this job is a stepping stone for my change. But it's just like I I feel like I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss that. You know, I'm going to miss what he's telling me to do because I'm so scared. So that leads me to my next question. Um, I read that change is a combination of high self-esteem and strong sense of inner resilience and a pinch of a leap of faith. Do you feel like this will trump over fear? If so, how? Okay, repeat it again. I just want to make sure I answer right. Okay, I said I read that change is a combination of high self-esteem and strong sense of inner resilience and a pinch of a leap of faith. Do you feel like this will trump over fear? If so, how? Um, I Honestly, I feel like it depends on the person. Because, mm-hmm. like you know, like I said, when I moved here, I I just really wanted to get away from being depressed so much and just, like, leave the reality behind that my grandma and my mama was no longer here. And it's like my family, we weren't the best. Like, my family, honestly, we ha- we just have blood that, that connects us. We have no emotions, nothing. We don't, we don't keep in touch with each other at all. So... Mm-hmm it was easy for me to leave. And I'm talking about the family in Detroit, but it was easy for me to leave because of that. Cause I'm like, what do I have holding me, you know, back? I, what, I didn't mm-hmm. have no high self-esteem. I'm a person that I, I hate change. I'm, I like to be in control of knowing things too. I just know that I wanted a new start. And mm-hmm. I started bringing a lot of my habits, my old habits over here. And what I realized was that no matter how much you try to run, you can't run. So I feel like it all mm-hmm. depends on the person. Like, you know, um, change, I look at change as growth. Like cha- change is going to be growth. You know, you're going to learn from it. Whether you fail or not, it's a lesson in it all. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just feel like it, it depends on the person and what they know that they want because even though we think we're in control of the day, we're not. You know what I'm saying? There, there are certain yeah. things that, can that that can happen that can knock you off your feet and you have to bounce back from it like you know when I moved to Philly I did not think that abuse was going to be in the picture but this was what had to happen in my journey to give me the tough skin that I needed because I wanted to go to Atlanta at first but I'm like you I'm very antisocial. I would have clung to my cousin and I wouldn't have branched out to get to know anybody else I had to do it mm. here like, you know, I'm I'm still doing it because I get in my head a lot. I was a person growing up, I was always worried about don't overstay your welcome, don't be a bother to people. So I'm always thinking in the back of my head, am I talking too much? Am I overstaying my welcome? Do you want me to leave? Like I'm always in my head to the point where I don't want to go around people, but I know now, like, I can't do that, especially if I want to sell my mm-hmm. books and especially if I want to get, you know, I, I want to, you know, start my own brand, which is me. So I have to mm-hmm. open up. That is that is a part of change. Like it's all about growing. But I don't have any. I don't have to have any high self esteem because I'm a very modest person. But just mm-hmm. doing it, just making that choice to, you know, wake up and just change. I'm seeing the growth, and when I look back and see how far I come, that's where like. 
I would say, like, the, the resilience comes into play. Because a lot of times we're in survival mode and we don't even realize how much we're overcoming. Like, prime example, mm-hmm. you got into a car accident earlier this year. You know what I'm saying? Bring it in the new year and look at how far you've come now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you, we, just, we just don't know. We just got to trust and not worry. But what about you? Mm. For me, I feel like, okay, so... A part of me feels like if you're not, like, if you don't have some type of self-esteem or some type of resilience to fight against stuff, I don't feel, I feel like fear will trump over it because fear is strong. And I know we're not supposed to claim it because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but the enemy is real too. And that's the one that plays with your mind. I know that you can you know, keep praying it away and, you know, try, but it's always going to be a doubt in your mind. But I do feel like it, I do feel like those things do play a part in it. But like you said, growth is the main thing. You have to grow. You have to change. That's, that's how you grow. And I feel like once you get, once you start growing and you see how far you've come, you get addicted to that growth and you're going to want more. But it's that first, initial leap like you have to have a reason like your reason for moving was because you didn't want to deal with this bull crap you know here i have that same reason right but i can't shake this feeling like i really don't know what to do like i I keep talking about it because i'm like if i talk to myself enough about moving you know maybe this thought or maybe you know me expressing it maybe this will come true you know maybe i'll get the courage to finally move but it's like every time i decide to do it it's just like something stops me every time. And I felt like, like when I read the article, I felt like, okay, that's probably what I need to work on. Maybe I need to work on me and myself so I can have this high self-esteem and this, you know, this inner resilience, like, you know, sky high. So maybe I can take this leap of faith. You know, I won't worry about fear, but it, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll find the strength when I do finally heal, but it's a lot of stuff that I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. That's why I asked. Um, okay, so my last question was, uh, name a time when you started over while battling fear and how did you do it? But can you just give us, like, tips? on how to just just do it pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can't give tips because I honestly was running, Queen K. Like, I was just trying to run away from, like, deep depression. Like, I feel my mother's spirit heavy when I'm in Westland because that's where she felt like it was a piece of home. It reminded her of the South because my mom was born in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I felt the strong – I felt my, my grandma's spirit strong in – Southfield, you know, but I remember when I went mm-hmm. down to visit Alabama, I felt her spirit there really strong, like like she just went home, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I can't I can't give you tips. I could just tell you this, okay. So God spoke to me, right? Because when I moved here mm-hmm. from the beginning I knew that I fucked up. But I had too much pride to go back home. So that's that's where it kept me because I had too much pride. I didn't want to hear, oh, I told you so. But it's like um, the every time abuse happened, God spoke. Like mm-hmm. the first time the abuse happened, the girl at my job that hardly talked to me offered me a place to stay, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, every time he put his hands on me, she always opened back up her door. Second time I told you, the whole job interview came to play. Well, it was more than three times. But, like, the time in December when he had abused me, I was ready to finally go to Georgia because I'm like, I can't do it. I couldn't go back to Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then my boss gave me a raise. So it was God's way of saying you pick the right place to come, but Mm -hmm. I need you to strengthen your mental and get away from him. Because I had dreams before I moved out of state. I had dreams that I was telling my grandma I was going on a journey, and then in the the end of the dream, you see me going down this long-ass road. And I kid you not, when I was driving through Pennsylvania, it was the same road. And I'm like, this feels a little bit like deja vu, Mm. right? So God was Mm -hmm. shaping me and showing me then. But I honestly say, like, 
in order to get over fear, you have to make the first leap because I know we're going to talk about it in my aspect. When you don't, God will push you. You know what I'm saying? You can't stay stuck forever. Your life's going to change regardless whether you go up or down because when we're not in control of how things go. That's only the enemy. My thing is I'm listening to Pat, what Pastor Mike Todd said. Don't give the devil your uh, free time when you're in idle time waiting for that next door to open. You got to trust. If you have faith and you you have that strength and you're a believer in God, you got to believe that it's going to work out. It's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but you know you know what you've come from and you know what you what what you've been up against and you didn't overcame that. So it's like God asked me, when are you gonna let me get in that ring with you and stop acting like you're doing it by yourself? You know what I'm saying? So that's the best thing that I could say. I was running, I I was reckless, you know, my life was all over the place for the first year and a half that I moved here. I can finally mm-hmm. say two thousand nineteen um, after DC, fed me my apple juice and crackers, you know, because I kept, I was like you. No, I'm so serious. Like, if we really being honest, um, I was like you. I kept talking about it. I felt like if I kept talking about the abuse, it would help me to stop. And DC said, stop talking about it and be about it. And I was like, mm. oh, okay, because he was like, only you can fuck this up. But it was the realest shit ever. You got to stop talking about it and be about it. And I was like, you know what, damn, you're right. You know what I'm saying? But it's every person knows when they're ready. But if you sit for too long, God going to give you that push. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you for um, answering that last and sharing what you could. Like I told you, like, I really, really admire you. Like, well, God didn't give you in height. He damn sure gave you in strength because you are a strong woman. Like, I admire the hell out of you. But, okay, go ahead. Go into your aspect before I get all emotional. Go. Oh, you ain't going to answer? Okay, well, I guess I'll go there. I can't like, answer. No, like, I have no tips. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my aspect is um, frustration and hard truth. So my first question is, what is the frustration in starting over for you? not getting it right. Like, I'm a type of person that has to get it right the first go around. Like, and if I don't, it can't be over four times that I don't get it right because then, you know, that that leads to me just saying, you know what, F this or I'm going to get super mad and then I'm going to keep on. That's going to be the one thing that consumes me. So mm-hmm. um, I have to get stuff right the first time I try it or it, it's over from there. Like, Oh, y'all, y'all just don't understand, like, my, how my mind works. Sometimes it's like a curse and a gift yeah. at the same time. But, yeah, that that's where mine come out at. Mm. No, I understand. I definitely understand. Um, and you're strong, too, Quinkay. Trust me, we, we don't stop to think of how strong we are. We all have overcome some stuff, but it's easier for somebody on the outside to see it before us. Like like, like me and DC, DC said yesterday, take your eyeballs out and give it to the next person to see. Like, I want you to see what I see. But the frustration in starting <laughs> over for me was, uh, I'm going to use this last breakup that I had. The frustration yeah. in starting over from that was, like, here I am, 31 years old, single, and just never knowing if I'm ever going to get married, right? And mm-hmm. I was frustrated because it was like, why am I wasting my time? I should just be heartless and just stop giving love a try because I give my all into everything. And out of the frustration, it blocked me from seeing the lesson behind it, right? So Mm -hmm. basically after I kicked him out because I was like, I I can't have you here while I'm healing. It's too messy. Like I had to be very honest with myself, and it took me weeks to reveal the truth because it was like, no, I'd rather have him here so I don't have to wake up and be by myself and I don't have to wake up to that Mm -hmm. reality. It was very hard because it was like when he moved out, his side of the closet was empty. Um, I I remember I was watching Insecure when Lawrence and Easter had broke up and she decided to put her stuff on his side so that it wouldn't be an empty space. Mm-hmm. I started just filling up that side. Okay, I'm going to make it a prayer closet or I'm going to move, like, you know, some storage over there. Like, I have to change 
my reality, right? And mm-hmm. that, you know, like just basically finally taking my frustration away and looking at everything for face value and just talking to God and meditating because it was hard. It, it was, it, it still is hard. Like I still cry to this day, but the changes that I have, like I don't reach out to him when he, you know, I blocked him because he couldn't get it through his head to stop reaching out to me. I stay away mm. from his family because I really have to learn. Like I, I have to, like, learn how to be by myself. And the beauty in that breakup was that I was able to finally learn how to focus on me and figure out who I am because I never knew who I was since I was younger. You know what I'm saying? I have to figure that out on my own. So I also know that in order for in order for me to be open to love again because that relationship, to be in a relationship for a year and two months and then to realize that a man is not ready Yes, I respect him for being honest, you know, to say that he wasn't ready for a commitment, mm-hmm. but it makes you build up this guard. Like, I don't want my time wasted no more. But I know that yeah. as I start to learn, as I start to love myself and I start to, like, you know, work on myself, I can overcome that fear and anger. Fear and anger is the reason why we're people pleasers. It's the reason why we have our guard up. It's the reason why we have these constant battles in our head about motherfuckers that hurt us that's not even in the picture no more. We have our own psychological warpath, and it has to stop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like just just the frustration of that. But that goes into my next question. Why do you think we look at the bad and starting over before seeing the beauty in it? Okay. Um, So me, right? I can only speak for me. I'm programmed for I program myself as a defense mechanism to see the bad first, you know, so I won't be hurt if it don't go right. So me, I I look at everything that could possibly go wrong, not knowing that this is what's going to scare you and make you not even want to do it. But it's just me, you know. I like to prepare myself first for what could possibly happen, and a bad result could possibly happen from anything that you do. So. I think it – I don't know why we do it. Like I said, I can only speak for people who have this, okay, I'm going to do damage control type mindset like me. You know, it's easier for us to understand and to deal with and to cope once we look at the bad because, you know, we weighing out all the negative that could possibly happen, even though, like I said, it's not always good because it stops us from even taking that leap to see what could be the possible outcome because, let's face it, it could be good, you know. You never know until you do it, but you just have to brace yourself. But I think looking at it bad first, you know, it protects you, but then you miss out on an opportunity that could have made something, you know, beautiful or made your life that much grander or put you in a position to where, you know, you could do what you're supposed to do. You could walk into your purpose, but we will never know because we let that bad, those bad thoughts outweigh what could possibly happen. So, yeah. That's why I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also comes from um, us not being poured into properly. You know, like whenever we went to our parents or I would say my guardian, whenever we would go to them about ideas and stuff, they projected their opinions and how they felt like we should live our lives onto us. They always nitpicked and they always just had something to say. So that shit sticks with you. And then you just, when you mm-hmm. try to do something, you don't, you have that self-doubt. Like, can I do it? You get what I'm saying? And also, I, I just feel like we we look at the frustration because it's like, we, we look at the bad, I'm sorry, because it's like starting a business. You look at everything that you got to do again. So we're starting over. It's like, say, if you move out of state, I got to change my license. I got to get this. I got to mm-hmm. get that. And it's like your mind is discombobulated. It's like in SpongeBob's head when <laughs> they was trying to find his name and like the shit just blew up. It's like you don't look at it step by step, right? I just feel like it all depends on how you look at it to help you get through it. You get what I'm saying? Because like you said, when you're focusing on the bad, you miss the beauty, or you know what I'm saying, in and what starting over can be like. You get what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. honestly, when I first moved to Philly 2017, no, I did not know. You couldn't have told me that I was going to have a podcast. 
You couldn't have told me that I was going to write a book about this shit because I don't write about shit that I go through. I would have laughed at you. You hear what I'm saying? Like, you just mm-hmm. never know what you go through. And I didn't even know that it was going to bring my friendship back, you know what I'm saying, with DC, you know, because me and him weren't talking at the time. But it's like everything works out. And um, I'm going to go into this uh, in the next question that I have. But trust me, when you're ready to make that step, I seen I heard a quote mm-hmm. before that said, um, there isn't anything, there, the storms that God puts you through, he already has the way of how you're going to get through it already set up. So that goes into mm. my next question. Um, do you feel the longer you stay put in comfort, that push comes to where you are forced to start over? I do believe um, God will only keep you comfortable for so long before he starts making stuff, you know, change. Like I said, I, I'm used to being stuck in comfort, but now that I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because of these questions, they got my mind just going. Um, mm-hmm. I realized a few situations where I was just too comfortable, and God said, "Uh-uh, it's time to shake stuff up. Let me, let me see, you know, let me see what she'll do. Let me make her do this." Because um, mm-hmm. my last breakup, I was comfortable, right? I was too comfortable. I was, um, I was comfortable with my 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 life because it was like, okay, yeah, sure, I don't have the best relationship. Sure, he he don't always treat me the best, but at least I got somebody to lay next to, and at least my, you know, I finally got a, a kid's father who's staying in the house with me, and, you know, we're, our kids are all going to the same school. Yeah, it's a lot of work on me to have five other kids that go to all the same center with me, and it's a lot, right? But in my eyes, it was like, but I'm comfortable. You know, this is good for me. This is what we're supposed to do. Family is supposed to have its ups and downs, you know, same thing in a relationship because that's what I saw coming up. I saw the disrespect. I saw the abuse. So I felt like that was normal. But at least I could say I had a man. That was my comfort zone, knowing that even though we fought and argued and everything, I still had him to lay next to until God started doing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I was not happy, but I would not move because I was comfortable. You know, my kids probably were not happy, but they didn't say nothing because everybody was comfortable. So stuff started happening to the point where it was like God sent me test after test. First, mm-hmm. it was this incident, you know, and I still, you know, at first it was like, okay, I'm going I'm to leave him alone. But then it was like, oh, no, nah, you know, come on back. I'm going to keep him. You know, we can work through this. Then I noticed that every time I took him back, the disrespect got worse. And it got to mm-hmm. a point where it was just like, okay, God, you didn't told me. I didn't heard this from other people. I have to let him go out of my life. Like God really started shaking stuff up. When I tell you the worst of worst could possibly happen and break me, like <sighs> the last relationship was a lot of damage that I'm still trying to, you know, get myself together from. But the worst possible thing that could ever happen really happened, and I felt like that was nothing but God. Like, okay, here go this push because I keep telling you this is not the one that I sent for you, but you keep trying to make mm-hmm. him fit because you're comfortable. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when that happened, I realized, okay, God, this is this is what you want me to do. You want me to be here single so I can focus on these kids because, like, I think I've said it before, but after that relationship, I did not know who my kids were. Like, I know that probably sounds crazy, but when I was in that relationship, I was in such a depressed state that I would literally come home from work and to avoid arguing and to avoid us fighting, I would just come upstairs and lock myself in a room. So I did not know my kids. Like, my first month, my first two months out of that relationship, me and my kids butt heads so much because I didn't know them. It was a lot of days I cried in front of them or they cried because we just didn't understand each other. This house was so emotional. Um, mm. But other than that, you know, we finally found our peace. And But it was that, that, that leap that God wanted me to make. But I did not. I was so stubborn because I was comfortable that, you know, he had to, he had to, you know, do something drastic for him to be put out of my life. So, and then mm. God showed me again, like with my job, 
I would never speak up for myself. I always vent it to my friends, like, oh, I wish I made more. Oh, I wish I did this. So God just kept on, like, okay, well, say something, say something. And it, it never, it never happened. Like, I could only vent to my friends. I couldn't vent to my boss. So finally, one day, uh, I say about, what, 2019, yep, 2019, I taught my last kindergarten classroom. I No, at the start of my ninth school year, 19 to 20, I told her, I said, okay, this is my last class. And she was like, well, what does that mm-hmm. mean? And I'm like, I don't want to teach anymore. I'm done. She was like, well, what are you going to do? I have no clue. God got something in store for me. I don't know what it is yet, but I feel like he's telling me to stop teaching. So she didn't, I, clearly my boss didn't pay me no attention because when um, we came back to the school year for 2020, um, you know, this was uh, the era of COVID, right, when it was, like, fresh and everybody was locking down and stuff. She, this was before they made us lock down. She was like, so what are you going to do, you know, if you're not teaching? I'm like, well, if I can't do nothing here, I'm just going to have to find another job. Two weeks before our 2021 summer camp ended because the kids ended up going to school online, which was easier for me to, you know, still have a job because right then God is showing me, look, I'm still going to work this out for you, but I need you to stand firm on your decision to not go back in this classroom because this is not what I want for you. That was a stepping stone for something that I have for you. Mm. So I stood firm on it. Two weeks before summer camp ended this year was when my boss presented me with a better job and something that I want to do, me doing what I'm doing now, which is a curriculum leader, doing, you know, doing what I love to do, but in a different way. So, like mm-hmm. I said, when you are comfortable and he feels like you didn't got too comfortable and you're not really dependent on him, he will shake stuff up so, you know, he can make sure, you know, look, I'm pulling the strings here, not you. You're comfortable right now, but this is not where I want you to be. This is where you want to be. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, um, I definitely feel the longer you stay put in comfort, the push comes to where you're for because um, I'm a person, too, Queen K, that stays comfortable. Like, uh, in May of 2018, right, I had already mm-hmm. got approved for my apartment, and I was just like, because, you know, people were telling me, don't tell the guy that where you're going. When it's time to leave, just get the fuck mm-hmm. out of there, right? But I was like, mm, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't just lie to a person. I'm an honest person, so I told. And I was so comfortable to the point, like, the water was off. So we were boiling water to wash up, right? And mm-hmm. um, I remember me and him got into an argument that day, and he left in my car and told me, you got to find somewhere else to fucking stay. Just the whole fact of being comfortable with somebody that talks to you like shit ups and leaves in your shit all the time. And I remember when I was grabbing all of my stuff out the basement, I noticed how much stuff I had lost over the, you know, over the year of being with him because it didn't take me that long to get everything upstairs, you know, which showed you that I had lost so much. And I remember I just had this uncomfortable feeling, like, you know, like where your stomach just feels tight, you can't breathe, and you just feel like you're going to suffocate. And I remember saying to God, like, okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable, so I know that you're telling me it's time to grow. We had got into it again that night, and he told me I couldn't stay there till fucking July. So I was like, okay, I don't know where I'm about to go, God, but I'm going to just leave up out of here. Like, I was at a point of I was going to stay at my job. You know, I'm the last one there, wait for everybody to leave, lock up sleep in my car, and then get up in the morning to wash up in the bathroom before everybody gets to work. That's where I was with it, right? But a coworker mm-hmm. came up to me. You know, she was like, you, you, are you, you know, you've been quiet and everything. This was the girl that threw the shade. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, basically mm-hmm. I started crying, and <laughs> she had offered me a room. You know, she had offered me a room. She was like, you can stay here until your place gets ready, right? And... Mm-hmm. The rent for the room was 300 while I was stacking up three months of rent to move into my place. And the guy spoke Spanish, uh, you know, on the weekends. You couldn't watch TV. You couldn't be on your phone because, you know, um, it was it – was, he was Catholic. So, you know, his whole religion was like, you know, we don't, we don't watch TV. Like, we, we pray. 
on Saturday. So I'm like, okay, what am I about to do in the house with no technology? That's, that was on my head. So it was like <laughs> oh. me leaving the enemy does try to test you to see are are you gonna are you gonna go back? You know what I'm saying? And such and such house, you didn't have to worry about that. You could be on your phone all you want to. I was like, nope, I'm gonna just stay here. And like it, it worked out. You know what I'm saying? I was so uncomfortable. I was scared as hell to move into my place because I've had suicidal thoughts since my grandma and them passed. Like, because I got into a deep depression. But I was always around people when those suicidal thoughts happened. So I'm like, you know, okay, I'm good. But I always said, I don't want to live by myself because what if I had those thoughts? Who's going to be here to stop me? I had to have yeah. strength, I swear. And those thoughts came on days, and I don't know how I got through it because there were some days where I didn't even have no money to smoke weed to get through it, but I got through. You get what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. I feel like because I was just ready to just give up because I couldn't deal with that shit no more, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I'll sleep in my car if I had to. God carries me. Like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I can see that you're ready because you're willing to make a big sacrifice to sleep in your car to get away from him. I'm going to make it happen for you. So I, I definitely had that big push, and it was crazy. But my last yeah. question is, um, what new beginnings do you feel comfortable making versus the ones you dread? <sighs> okay, um, so... <laughs> It took a lot of convincing, but uh, this podcast, for one, is something <laughs> that I'm very comfortable with making. Like, we even taking it to a new level with our women's retreat next year. So, I, I, I'm, i you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking leaps. I'm taking leaps because, Lord knows, this would not be me. Like, y'all don't understand <laughs> when Complex initially gave me the idea, I was looking like, what you want me to talk and I don't even like my voice girl what I'm gonna talk about what it was a bunch and she was like let's just record the pilot let's just record it tell them what they're gonna expect Mad have a little talk girl y'all I'm telling you I wasn't feeling it and then I could not like our first our first season, I had the hardest time listening back to the episodes. Like, I could not listen back to them because I don't like how I sound. Now, I can care less. Um, I'm comfortable with who I'm becoming. Like, I'm comfortable because I'm learning myself through this. So, I would mm-hmm. say anything pertaining to me now, I'm actually comfortable with doing. Like, speaking to people, eh, I'm still a little still a little rag rough around the edges when it comes to reaching out to new people, but I'm getting better, you know, because I'm opening up more. Like I'm spreading my own truth. Like nobody else can make this up or be this but me. You know, this is my truth because this is what I've lived through. So uh, this podcast has definitely allowed me the, you know, the thought of being comfortable with expressing who I am. Like, I have a voice, clearly not afraid to use it, because I will talk about stuff if I need to talk about it. I set boundaries <laughs> for myself now. Um, you know, it hurts, it stings, but I'm okay, because I know that at the end of the day, my happiness is important. My peace of mind is important. So, yeah, so that anything dealing with anything about connect. Or Queen K and my kids, I'm comfortable with any decisions like that. Now, the one that I dread, though, still is moving out of state. I said I'm going to take a little more time for myself, but I feel like the best way for me to do it is to just do, just up and leave one day. But I have to, see me, I have to have a plan because I have to have somewhere to go. I got three kids, you know, it's, it's, it's a package with me, you know, um, I want to just pick up and just go, but I know I got it's a package deal. We got I got three little ones coming, so I have to plan, and that's one thing that I dread about planning because y'all, I'm a type of person I I put all my eggs in one basket and then I be looking crazy when it don't work out, you know. So mm-hmm. I need to start planning for my move. It's not gonna take a year, you know. This takes some time, especially with how I want to move. Like I know, you know this. 
most of the details of me moving to a different state, like I want to be a homeowner. This is what I want to do, you know, as far as my career. This is how I want to brand my business when I do move. Like I got all of that worked out, but now it's like the steps of finding a place, finding a good city to relocate to, finding something that's, you know, finding some schools that's good for my kids that's going to elevate them, you know. So it's a lot. But I'm dreading it, but I know I feel God prepping me for this because, like I said, once I talk about stuff for so long, I ended up, I end up finally just doing it. So yeah. Mm. That's why she gave me the white voice. She gave me the white voice, like like I'm just so proper, like Medea. Yeah, it's she cool. Is, she is. She's like, come on, let's just let's just do this. Come on, you got this. You can be. <laughs> she gave me the whole little rundown, y'all, in the white voice. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Anyways, um, so (laughs) new beginnings that I feel comfortable making is same as you learning about myself, um, and like just seeing what I could do because after starting the podcast, because I was scared at first because I'm like, uh, are we gonna have good content to talk about? But to see it still going to this day and like everybody that has come on, like, oh my god, that wasn't that bad. It was like a conversation. You know, it, I, and I see the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say going up against confrontation because I've always been a person that held my tongue when I felt like I needed to voice my opinion. But I'm like, I don't want to offend that person. But I had to come to the terms mm-hmm. like they can't really get mad at me for expressing myself. So, you know, if they do, I have to just build that it is what it is, you know, with you up because I'm always going to be respectful. I'm learning. I'm learning how yeah. to. I'm, I'm learning to think about what I'm gonna say before just saying it. But it's like if I if I'm still coming at you with with respect, and you still have an attitude, that's on you. That's nothing that I can do. I'm not in control of that. You need to check your emotions and see what's wrong. But going up against confrontation, I got a big challenge when I come back. But I'm ready. And starting over in friendships, you know what I'm saying, unlearning, because I trauma bonded with a lot of my friendships, and I was a people pleaser, and I wanted different, you know what I'm saying? Like, believe it or not, Queen K, our friendship has started over, because beforehand, when we was going through shit, we didn't talk about it. We just figured our way out, and then we came back. Now, we yeah. can talk to each other about it, you know, now, like, you know, we we pray more, we're more open and vulnerable I know more things about you because a lot of stuff that you open up about here on the podcast, I was like, well, what type of fucking friend was you? Because I didn't know none of this, you know, like, where was I at? You know what I'm saying? But like, we started over. Ones that I dread is love right now. I'm, I am working on being open, but love because of how much, um, how much I give. Like I, I love hard and I give my all. But I had to realize that that was the people-pleaser side of me, trying to find validation. Mm-hmm. Now I have to learn how to love people the right way. So that's one yeah. thing that I'm dreading. And uh, mm, I would say rebuilding again. I'm, I'm rebuilding again. You know what I'm saying? I'm back furnished. I'm back, like, with no furniture. But I'm looking to rebuild in my next place. I want to be a homeowner. And I'm scared as shit because I hear all of the, oh, there's something breaking your house. You can't call no landlord. It's all on you. I'm not dreading it, but I'm nervous as fuck. I'm nervous as fuck, but I I have to trust God. I got to trust him because he didn't help me get through a lot. And I know, like, he gave me the white boy mean face, like, dang, why do you? Why why do you have this <laughs> this this back and forth relationship with me? Like one minute you trust, one minute you don't. When you gonna see that? You know what I'm saying? If you put the legwork in, I'm gonna always meet you halfway. So okay. that's one thing that I do dread. But other than that, you know, change ain't really hard because I didn't get the biggest one of all move, moving out of state, and that was just me running. But it worked out. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it did. Because I got somewhere to visit every time. So I'm thankful for it. <laughs> Philly is like my second home, y'all. <laughs> um, okay. That was a dope uh, dope segment, very dope segment. Um, it definitely got me my mind going. Um, so thank you, Complex, for that topic. That was dope. Um, no all right, y'all, we're going to get into that as a woman question. Complex, what you got this week? So just like yesterday, I'm doing a light one again. Uh, as a woman, what was the random thought you had as a child? 
<laughs> Girl. Oh. What was a random thought I had as a child? Y'all mm-hmm. had so many random thoughts. I don't know. I lived in my head to escape my reality. So <laughs> what if oh, okay, so I had one like what if no, why is it that we can't see Dang, how how was it in my head, Lord Jesus? What if my my family wasn't really my family and they kidnapped me? Like, because I didn't think nobody was supposed to go through what I went through. So I will hold on to the fact that maybe I'm just kidnapped. Maybe maybe there's not even my real family and they out looking for me because this is not what it's supposed to be like. Like, y'all, yeah. So, like I said, I stayed in my head a lot because of the stuff that I went through. So I will always create fantasies and um, situations to where I could escape reality. That's why the pursuit of happiness really stood out to me because that scene in that bathroom was really, really powerful. Like him, you know, mapping out all of that and trying to build his imagination, you know, and keep it off of their certain their their circumstances. That's what mm-hmm. I did as a child, like, to block out the, you know, us not having a house, us not having money, you know. I would just create different scenarios. And one of my thoughts was, these are not my real parents. This is not my real family. They're kidnapping me. <laughs> oh, you know, they're looking for me. That's, we on a run. That's why we don't have no steady house. Like, sorry, yeah, but okay. it, it helped me sleep no. at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> mine. What about you, Complex? I was trying to make it light. My bad. I didn't mean to make it heavy. Um, see, my okay. random thought, I had two growing up. I had an imagination, too. I used to, don't laugh, y'all. Please don't laugh. I used to think that mashed, I used to think that Klaus was mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I used to be like, <laughs> I'm about to get the gravy <laughs> to put on them, right? <laughs> and, oh, like, God. yes, every time it rained, you know, they always said Mother Nature was outside. And I'm like, well, can she go up there and get me my mashed potatoes? Because she didn't fuck oh. up my mashed potatoes with this rain. I didn't say the F part, but that's how I felt. And I watched a lot of Sesame Street growing up. So in my mind, I thought that I was like magenta. Like, I just looked in the mirror and I didn't see a black girl. I saw a magenta person. Don't. Oh, <laughs> Don't ask geez. why. I think I, I think I was I was supposed to have been smoking weed back then. But, yeah, that was just my three random thoughts. <laughs> that girl had did. edible while she was young. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, Complex. Well, I thank you for keeping it light. I, I really appreciate that question. No um, wow. The stuff we think of when we're younger. I wonder what the hell my kids be thinking of. Maybe they be thinking that I ain't their real mama. <laughs> and that I kidnapped them. Yo. Oh, because I know, Lord, I just, hey, hey, hey. It's not a, it's not a handbook to this parents and stuff, okay? But anyway, <laughs> all right. Oh, we're going to jump right into the girl I see you complex. Who you highlighting tonight? Um. It's not really a girl I see you moment. I'm just going to shout out uh, Newport and News. They have an event this uh, Thursday called Nature by Poetry. No, I keep saying that. Nature and Poetry for the Creatives by the Creatives. I do apologize. It's from 5 to 9 out in West Philly. Um, Please, you know, reach out to me through DMs so I can give you the location. But it's going to be out in West Philly. It's going to be dope. I'll be selling my books there, you know. So come out there if y'all in the Philly area and you want to sit in the nature, have the sun shine down on your melanated skin, and get some spoken words. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's all I got to say. That's dope. Okay. Um, I'm going to highlight uh, two. I got two. One, however, is not female. But the the first one, I want to give a shout-out to the entire Hot Town staff. We are all female staff, and when I tell you those women, those women are amazing because it's amazing how that despite what's going on, despite what's going on in our personal lives, we all come together and work as a unit to better these kids. Like, y'all, we, we, it's pretty much a family there, and I've seen so much growth in these teachers, these ladies, you know, and I just want to thank them because 
them being who they are has made this new position for me that much easier, and I appreciate their hard work, their determination. I know it's just the second week of school, but, y'all, when I tell y'all Tottown teachers is showing out, baby, they showing all the way out. They are really giving it to me, and I just don't want a day to go by where they don't know that I appreciate them because they're making my vision come to life. Like, I've all, I I wanted the, I wanted Tottown, I want to recreate Tottown to be how I was when I was a teacher. Like, that's my main mm-hmm. thing all around the whole building, and they are making that vision come to life. Like, it is totally different from what we, what we had last year to what we have in just these short two weeks, you know, and we're just at the yeah. start of the second week. But I just appreciate them for staying dedicated, for them listening, and for them to accept me because, let's be honest, it's hard to accept order and, you know, from a younger person who hasn't been there as long as you because that's one thing I can say about Tycon. We don't have a high turnover rate. These women have been there for long periods of time. You know, we're still rocking together. But, like I said, this has been a beautiful experience so far, and I, I pray every day for them, and I pray that we just keep on being successful. Like, that is my Girl I See moment for them. Now, my next one, y'all, um, my next one is to D.C. We asked and he delivered. Uh, I, I'm i just going to put it out here. I'm pre-ordering now. I don't know about y'all, but <laughs> D.C., <laughs> I want my jogging suit, y'all. It's almost... <laughs> the fall time and he has the jogging suits now mind you uh he does have shorts as well ladies you have to get you some of these shorts because they make you look really really good i'm just gonna let you know this um even though i didn't get the attention from people that i wanted because i won't wear them out the house i'm a little self-conscious still but my my youngest son um he definitely likes on the bus so So I figure, hey, if he like it, then, you know, maybe I should wear these outside. Let me see what else. We know who else might smack my butt. You know, cool. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I have to give it to him in dynamic culture. Um, y'all, it's a dope-ass line. It stands for something really dope and positive. So go ahead. I don't know when he releasing pre-orders. Y'all have to follow his page to uh, find out. But, yeah, I, I'm giving him you know, a shout-out and a highlight in this moment because you're doing it. So keep on. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that is my – I don't – Uh-huh. I was about to say, I don't have the ass for the cheap, but uh-huh. for the peace signs, but I got the titties all day long. That's all I'm going to say. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that shit going to look like – we're not even going to say nothing. <laughs> nope, we're not. Nope. That's, we're that's not going to say Yo. Oh God! All right, okay. y'all. Uh, we gonna jump into the AO Ask Queen K or girl. I got something to say. Complex, what you got? You got anything for me today? I'm gonna like a fucking triangle with my flat ass. Um, okay, yeah. You so know what? I came across. I'm not. I came across <laughs> that says. I just want to bring that. I came across a meme that says. Uh, so, I got it from Higher Learning on Instagram. And they said, uh, the Japanese say you have three faces. The first face you show to the world. The second face you show to your close friends and your family. The third face you never show anyone. It is the truest reflection of who you are. So I wanted to know what was your take on that. I definitely believe it's true. Um, <laughs> like I tell, okay, so I tell people all the time, it's about eight of me, okay, Um you never know which one you're going to get, deciding on who I want to be when I wake up. But I will honestly say that one that nobody sees, that vulnerable, that, that one that cries at night, like, yeah, it, it's definitely true. Like, you have a, a face that you're hiding, even from your closest friends. Like, um, and I, I, I don't know why, you know, but I feel like they, they're on to something with that because you do have your – your your everyday face that everybody sees, and then you got another being of who you are when you're around your close friends. Because I know that who I am when I'm just out in my normal day and who I am when I'm with you back in Philly, that's two different people. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to see that net here while I'm, you know, at work or here handling biz. You're not going to see it. It's over because I'm comfortable with you. Like, you're somebody that I know I can let my guard down with because I know that mm-hmm. you love me and that, 
you don't judge me. So, yes, it is some, I am someone different when I'm around you versus when I am at work or, you know, just at, you know, here, home. But that right. person that comes out at night when I'm here by myself in my room alone, yeah, that's a person that I don't want nobody to see because at the end of the day, like, I'm the type of person, like, I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me. I want to appear like I have it all together. I know I don't. You know, no one has it all together. You know, we still struggle. We still fall short of the glory. But I don't want anybody to see me at that weak state because I've been a take. I've been taken advantage of in that weak state. So my guard is up really, really high, even to my closest friends. And then I don't want you guys to worry because mm. – I, yeah, yeah, but I, there, there is definitely true. It, it is. I mean, there's no way around it. Mm. Thank you. The reason why I ask is because, like, I don't know, I, I feel like we're so real and raw on here. Like, you know, I mean, you know, you even cried on the podcast. I've shed a couple of tears on the podcast, but maybe there is a face that I don't show the real world. But it's like, I don't know, like, because I was, I put my business out there in the apology. <laughs> I would be honest, I put my business out there, so I don't know, I just wanted to get your take on it, but yeah, you're probably right, you know, like, because there is some people out there that doesn't like to show that side, but I'm an open book, and I know sometimes I have to not be so open, because I didn't tell some of my greatest ideas to people that was preying on my downfall before, so you're right, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, y'all, without further ado, we're going to jump right into that no apology thought, followed by that self-affirmations complex. What you got for us? So my no apology thought, only got one today. It is get around those who celebrate you, not those who only tolerate you. Um, Mm. This quote really spoke to me because um, I realized that I don't want to be a people please no more. Like, you know, I always say I'm a people pleaser, but I'm like, no, that that's not my role that I was sent here for. That's not my purpose. That's who I created to always be on somebody's good side. And I realized, like, the people that I really wanted validation from, like my extended family, my older sister, my uncle, it's like no matter how much you go out your way for a person, you know what I'm saying, like, you come across some people that don't appreciate what you bring to the table. You get what I'm saying? And on, at the end of the day, you're only making yourself tired. You know what I'm saying? You're only draining yourself. You're only becoming depressed trying to please somebody that, and I'm not going to say that couldn't give a fuck about you, but because they don't love themselves, they can't love you the way you want them to love you. And mm-hmm. this quote really means a lot to me because for the longest time I always was like worried about that. Like I always worried about the people that I wanted to love me and why they couldn't love me. And I wasn't appreciating those who actually do celebrate me. So, you know, that's why I say get around those who celebrate you and not those who tolerate you because it's like you said, Queen K, like when you're around people that hear and that see and hear you, it helps you to be more vulnerable with them. You know, like, cause me and you both, you know what I'm saying? We, we both had those friends that, we were the butt end of the joke, and they always like mm-hmm. to hit below the belt. And then when you come to them, oh, girl, you being sensitive. You know, I was just playing, right? So yep. I I had an incident happen this past weekend where I just let go of a friendship that I've known since the sandbox days. And it hurt because it was like, damn, here goes another friendship where this person really didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? They didn't give a fuck. Like, I... Here I was holding on to something, but I had to let it go because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it mourn that friendship because, you know, it was a friendship. You got to mourn it, but don't get mm-hmm. dwelled up in it and miss out on the people that really care about you. So yeah. that's that. And then my affirmation is um, I am elevating. I am unlearning. I am unbothered by the negativity and haters. I am embracing all that makes me. So that's it, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in with us tonight. I'm Complex Angel. I'm the Vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the Vision. Peace and love, y'all. We out. Peace and love.